Greetings and welcome to another episode of Stamper Cinema. Consider this our Christmas special in which I've got two of my absolute favorite people in the whole world. That would be John Rowe and Colin. Hold on, let me get my notes right. Colin Frissel. You Colin Frissel. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing worse now, honestly, <laughs> since the you know, start of this. You know, I was watching, what movie is it? Love Actually. And there is a character in the movie with the name Colin Frissel. Not to be mistaken with Colin Fissel, which is your mm-hmm. name, right? You're Colin Fissel, right? It's a, um, it's a pseudonym I use, <laughs> for sure. So anyway, Absolutely. Colin Fissel. Welcome, Colin Fissel. John Rowe, Colin Fissel. How's it going, gentlemen? Let drip. Doing great. Doing John, real well. John. Great. Couldn't be happier right now. All right, gentlemen. All right. A little housekeeping items that are in order. When one person is speaking, please do not interrupt the guest. Not because it's rude, but really just because it really, really complicates my editing process. So selfishly, it's all for me. Okay. Uh, but no, uh, seriously, I'm really, really thrilled to have both of you guys in one space. All three of us, we used to work together once upon a time. And so obviously I'm here in the Atlanta area and both John and Colin are in Texas. So what's new? How's everything going for this holiday season? Fucking blows, man. (laughs) No, it's. It's uh, I just hate flying. Been been traveling a lot, so it's uh, but for like good things for the holiday seasons. It's been like weddings and stuff, and it's it's uh, it's going well. I don't know. I mean, Austin's the same. Actually, you know what? It's not the same without you. It really isn't. We need you back. That's what it is. Yeah, I want to come back. Um, and, you know, I keep looking at like Southwest or running a promotion and keep waiting for it to drop down a little bit. But I, I have a feeling I'm feeling good. I think there is at least one visit in 21 happening. Fingers crossed for two. I'm hoping that I'll be able to come for two times, but definitely will be visiting a uh, visiting home in 2021. So that'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. John, how are you doing, man? I'm great, man. Been real good. Uh, weather's been okay, you know. Typical, but today was a pretty day. So uh, I feel like things are still a little low key. Like um, Austin is generally a tourist city, and it's been a little bit lower since Thanksgiving. So that's just kind of the general vibe of the city, I would say, and what's been going down here. Wait, can I say something? You Please. said my city. Did you say like my city, like Austin is your city, like, not Atlanta? City. Oh, Andrew said that his yeah, and, yeah, he did. Yeah, I think Andrew. Yeah, so you're saying Austin is your city. You're you're. Are you committing to this he relationship did. with Austin? Oh, he he I has. Find, I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. They yeah. Make a break yeah. I uh, I don't know where you've been with that one, but I'm pretty pretty sure that. Like I don't it, know, it's, man. yeah, I'm a. You told uh, me, you told me, man. It's it's official. If, it if John Rowe knows, you know? it's official. It's <laughs> John Rowe official. I, I missed the yep. fucking the the memo, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've got I've got three places very close to my heart, right? I've got I've got here in Atlanta where I'm living. I've got Bermuda where I was born and uh, raised, and then I've got Austin, which was my 
my adult home. And to a lesser extent, I also have Pittsburgh, which I'm also a huge fan of that town. But but yeah, Austin and it, it, it's a really, really weird thing. I, I didn't realize it until the time came that I was moving, but I never lived in any one place longer, like continuously than Austin. Like I lived there for a good six years straight where everywhere else I've ever been, I'd live there for a few years, move away, live somewhere else for a few years, move away. But in Austin, I lived there for a good solid six years straight. So at, at one point, Austin became home and I think it's still very much my home. But anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. But hey, anytime to kind of uh, <laughs> ramble on about Austin, I'm all for it. So Austin's in your top four cities. My top much. four. Yeah, there you go. Where have you lived, though? Like four places. That's unfair. <laughs> no, no. He's uh, a lot more places. <laughs> this is a lot of places. Yeah, I lived in I lived in Virginia when I was in the Florida? Navy. Yeah. Well, I, damn it. Yeah, These memos, was, man. I miss the memos. Like, mm-hmm. they go to the trash or something, man. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know who's still sending memos out. <laughs> Where's the memo know, machine? Man. It's just... I, it, I'm... I'm, I'm freestyling right now, man. <laughs> All right. So let's get, let's bring it on. Let's reel it on back. Well, it is our Christmas episode. So we are going to talk about one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, and that would be A Christmas Story. So gentlemen, yes. prior to our, before we just finally like, solidified we we're going to talk about this movie had y'all ever seen this film before and what what do you think of this movie yeah i've seen it plenty of times growing up uh i think it's really funny i can still remember when you know i imagine they still do a tbs uh but who has cable anymore but the 24 hours of it but i can still remember when it was early on it's like they're gonna play it for 24 hours that's awesome and you just put it on it all day <laughs> And you just let it run and you're just catching it and the commercials up, you go play some football in the backyard and you come back two hours later and you pick up where the movie left off or so. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fond memories of watching this movie and this movie I thought does a good job of uh, calling out a lot of other good Christmas movies um, that just always seem to be on TV. Um, so yeah, good, good show. Yeah. I feel like it's like Forrest Gump. Man, you, you just turn on the TV and no matter what part of it is, you're just going to watch it. Growing up, I just I just feel like it was it was my parents go to film during Christmas. And so they always had the VHS just rolling in the background and we were just like, keep playing it, keep playing it. So I've seen it probably uh, more than my my hands and toes can count. But it's it's still I had to watch I watched it uh I've already watched it twice uh when we started talking about this and having this conversation and you pick up new things because you're like adulthood only brings on more of the the funniness in the film and it's 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 a, it's a masterpiece man I didn't even know we got an 87 percent on Rotten Tomatoes what? yeah what yeah. I didn't even know that mm-hmm what do you feel that, that that's too high or too low? I feel like it is too high. I don't know. I feel like those kinds of movies never get the credit that they really deserve. I don't know. Mm. Like just kind of funny slash serious. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you bring up something interesting and we'll, we'll talk about Rotten Tomatoes here a little bit or maybe not. I don't know. But like 
Rotten Tomatoes, sometimes it's a little misleading because of the mm-hmm. fact that it, it's an 87 or 88, 89% now. That doesn't necessarily mean that's what it was in 1983 when the film was oh, released. Yeah, yeah. You know, those are now the critics. So it, it, it's, it's always good to take a look with who reviewed the movie at its time. So generally speaking, uh, like my good like litmus test is what did Roger Ebert have to say? Cause he's on, you know, like all of his reviews are on Rotten Tomatoes and all of the stuff that he posted originally are on there where you'll have like some critic that came around two or three years ago and he's, re- you know, reviewing a movie that came out 30 years ago. But yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. But yeah, this movie still, um, was for the most part still relatively respected when it came out. Now nobody saw it, and we will we will talk about that here momentarily. But I do want to take a step back. One thing that is my New Year's resolution for this podcast is to relatively stop er- <laughs> yeah stop drinking. Uh, no, relatively early in the podcast to do kind of like a brief summary of what the movie is. Because there have been some episodes where I'll go on and we'll chat and we'll have a good conversation. And then 45 minutes into it, I'm like, shit, I didn't even say what this movie, quite frankly, is about. (laughs) Now, most people that are listening to this are familiar or have seen this movie. But basically, the concept of A Christmas Story is it's this 1983 Christmas comedy about this kid named Ralphie and his pursuit of the ultimate Christmas gift. And for him... It was a Red Ryder, uh, Red Ryder Carbon Action 200 shot rattle, uh, range model air rifle. Very, very toothy. Point is, yeah. So his red, <laughs> uh, his Red Ryder, Red Ryder BB gun. I'm, I'm, I'm not even. It's a tongue twister, man. It really is. I tried to say it to like memorize it for this this podcast, and I couldn't do it. And I just gave up. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, too, too much. Yeah. So, you know, it follows this kid and his pursuit of giving it and every, you know, or getting this gift. And every time he, he brings it up, he's stifled with the, with the, what do they tell him? You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. Everybody tells me he'll shoot his eye out. And uh, this movie has a slightly different narrative. The movie's kind of like filmed in a series of vignettes where you'll get pieced together different kind of like little like sub stories. On one hand, you have him trying to get this um, this gun. On the other hand, you have his father, who's uh, lovingly referred to as the old man, and all the shit the old man uh, deals <laughs> with, uh, whether it's the furnace, whether it's uh, trying to repair a tire, whether it's his major award that he gets. The major uh, award. <laughs> <laughs> um, him wanting to get some uh, Christmas turkey, uh, the the irritation that he deals with his neighbors, just all of these different little things. And then of course you've got his friends Flick and Schwartz and their, uh, their misadventures. And then of course being bullied by uh, Scott Farkas. How great of a name is Scott? Uh, Scott Farkas, not Scott, but Scott, Scott Farkas and Grover, uh, Grover Dill. But you forgot you forgot Randy, I think. Oh yeah, and then his kid brother Dude, Randy. He's he's the star, man. Mm-hmm. And and then you also have this idea of what's neat about this movie is it's never really stated when the movie takes place, but I think imagine it's somewhere between the like maybe the forties, maybe the fifties. But this idea of Midwestern 
Americana during that time. So you have all these different things, and it's beautifully narrated uh, by the by the writer Gene Shepard, who essentially this film is based on some of his stories that he uh, released in Playboy. And that's what this movie is. And it's just the story of this kid trying to get a BB gun for for Christmas and then all these little misadventures that happen along the way. And there you go. So that's that's my summary. But does and he it, get it? I mean, of course he gets Spoiler it. Spoiler alert. Oh, no, he didn't. He spoiled it. No. Oh. oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You have now had almost 40 years to watch this movie, right? <laughs> If you don't know that he eventually and who get and where does he get the gun? Not his mom, not Santa. Who gets from his dad. Yep, the old man. And yep. I love it. I love it. The old man who seemingly was completely oblivious to everything this entire movie. And he was so like in his own, like his own head. He knew what the kid wanted. And that that's like really like the magic of the movie. Um, very much jumping ahead. I want to talk about some of these vignettes, but it's one of my favorite scenes where uh, Ralphie's opening up the present and the father, you know, is like, you gotta, you gotta do this. And he's kind of like vicariously opening the present with him. And he's like, like giddily <laughs> laughing like a kid. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's magical. And I love it. But that's essentially the, the, the plot of the movie. Anything that you guys want to add to that? Um, no, no, I think uh, it's a, are we gonna talk I about think it's right, Thank you very much. This was I a think, great podcast. <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think you're right. I think it's a young boy's quest for his ultimate Christmas present. And I think we'll get to the, the scene of Christmas Day. That's really the culmination of the movie. But it, it is a whole lot of, um, you know, one misadventure after the other. And in a lot of ways, Ralphie gets off light. Like it's his, it's his friend who gets his tongue stuck to the pole. Mm-hmm. It's his friends who get like beat up by the bullets, <laughs> or beat it, by his mom. Yeah, or, or beat by his mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, <laughs> Ralphie does eat a bar of soap. Which it has every. Was that what happened to y'all? If y'all said bad words and stuff, I got oh, Tabasco. Yeah, yeah. I got Tabasco, cool. man. You got yeah. Tabasco. Okay. Yeah, I mean, my mom's Cajun. Y'all know that. <laughs> All right. She always had right. Tabasco on her. Yeah, I definitely. I only remember one, but I learned. I learned uh, not to say that word again, and uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what word was it though? Oh, no, 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 you don't say the word. Yeah. That's the, that's oh, the lesson you've learned. Yeah. yeah. It, it's the ultimate, it, it was the ultimate lesson. I'm a yeah. bad kid. God dang it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's how I see the movie. But I mean, uh, yeah, I love it. It's a great, it's a, it, the, the asides that they have during the, it's not just a Christmas story. And my favorite part, and we'll probably get to it, is the Oval Team part. About just <laughs> him getting screwed over of a of like from a marketing scheme, I think is hilarious. It's, it's just a funny little aside that you that you talk about, especially because of the fact that Peter Billingsley, who plays Ralphie, was the the messy uh, was the messy Marvin kid of the 1980s. So you guys know about messy Marvin? No, no. Colin? I know about I know so about Marvin my Martian. buddy. Oh, my buddy, like the, yeah. my buddy. Uh, wherever he goes, I go. Yeah. I got that as a present one year. Oh, you didn't get Kid Sister? Do you know about Kid Sister? 
that's my sister who's two years older got kid's sister yeah so messy marvin was it was part of like the like a milk like campaign and he was like the milk mascot of like the of the 1980s and it was this kid named messy marvin and he peter billingsley played that kid so ovaltine I don't know what came first, if, you know, like the chicken or the egg in the scenario, if if he did this movie, then he became the milk kid or if it was like kind of like a little uh, tongue in cheek. He was a milk kid. And now that he was asked to do like an advertisement for Ovaltine in the middle of the movie, I think it's funnier if they do it that way. But that was just uh, one of the roles that Peter Billingsley had during the 1980s. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's the mascot for milk, like Joe mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, this movie, as stated before, came out in 1983. I want to take you back, and I, I think you guys would appreciate this. So, this movie had very moderate success. It grossed about $20 million in the box office. Now, it had a $3 million budget, so you're like, well, the movie definitely made its profit, but it definitely got buried in the sea of other movies that came out in 1983. Anybody have any idea what the top grossing movie in 1983 might've been? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Good guess. Very, very good guess. A different movie with Harrison Ford. Oh, Star Wars, so like the Emperor Strikes Back? Return of the Jedi. There you go. Return of the Jedi was the number one film, made over $200 million in the box office. Now, you had Return of the Jedi. You had the movie Tootsie. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but that was a really good... Oh, favorite movie. Justin Hoffman, right? Yeah. Now, I know Colin is being a smartass, but <laughs> but Tootsie is a really, really funny movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman, Jessica Lange, and Bill Murray. And it's about this asshole actor that nobody will work with him, so he then pretends to be a, a woman to get a gig on a... Uh, daytime soap opera and then you know it, it's he, he learns something along the way and it, it's it was Dustin Hoffman at his Dustin Hoffman like pinnacle you know it was like that late 70s early 80s and um, yeah he, he was like the big guy and then you had like a small role for Bill Murray who absolutely crushes it but anyway so you had Return of the Jedi you had Tootsie you had a little movie called Flashdance, which you guys are probably familiar with. Trading Places, War Games, Octopussy, um, Mr. Mom, and National Lampoon's Vacation were some of the other like big movies of, of 1983. Now, because it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't bring up music, especially if I'm talking with John, the number one single of the year Every Breath You Take by The Police. And you had Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Uh, you had Men at Work, uh, the song Down Under. You guys probably know that one. You had Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. Mm-hmm. Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. And Come On Eileen. So those were a few of the songs. Oh, and Hungry Like the Wolf and David Bowie's Let's Dance. God, that's some good that's songs. Some, there's yeah. no Blink-182 in that, dude? No, no blink. blink. No, really? no Blink. Man, what the nope. hell? This is a sham. I know. No, but good songs. Africa by Toto. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. So 
you know, just it's thought I'd paint a little picture of 1983. It now, sounds fun, man. I'm saying, I feel picture myself like driving down here and all these great jams and stuff like that. I'm just in a positive mood, you know. And I'm hungry like the wolves. Yes. <laughs> oh man, good mm-hmm. times. That's right. Yep. But well, I guess uh, one thing I was thinking about with Christmas movies, I feel like there's been so many good movie Christmas movies since like Elf and stuff. And I feel like that's one reason why this movie may have gone down the pecking order, at least in the, uh, you know, what people may rate it now compared to 1983. Um, but I also was thinking about like why we were probably all allowed to watch this is it is a very kid friendly movie compared to the national lampoons Christmas. Right. So like that movie, if you, you know, depending on who was raising you, some kids might have been able to or allowed to watch that movie. Some kids might not have been, but it was usually that movie was at night. This movie's during the daytime. This was the fun when the kids got to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Now, were you, when you were growing up, were you censored by your parents with what you could watch? No, not too much. I always tell the story about, <laughs> about how, how my folks took me to go see Braveheart and I was 10 years old. Oh, and because yeah. uh, uh, we're Scottish and my mom thought like just I, ne- I had to see the movie to understand Scottish away. pride no yeah like I get, <laughs> get the hands over the eyes in certain scenes no as for like uh, I remember going to see movies like Goodwill Hunting in theaters and I was probably 12 11 at the time and you know that there's a lot of profanity in that movie but if the movie was good enough my folks are fine letting me watch it and uh, so they might, here. Yeah, they might try to explain certain things or they might fast forward through certain scenes. Like in, uh, I would say the movie Deliverance, they fast forward through a certain scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't want you um, watching they, they, Ned they, Beatty like, get yeah. just taken to town. Yeah, so that that would be about the censorship. They, they would censor me in that way. And then they would say, like, yeah, that guy's career really fell off after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I was, I've come myself quite fortunate on movies, and I, um, I've had a huge, I feel like I've had just a huge movie collection. That's why I enjoyed coming on here and talking so much about them. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Now, Colin, now both of you have older brothers, but I I definitely know that like Colin's, uh, your older brother has been an influence on, I know at least music did, was he also like big into like introducing you to films and things like that when you were younger? Yeah. My, my, uh, my middle, my middle brother for sure. Uh, my older brother, not really. He he. I mean, he did show me like Pulp Fiction and like the Tarantino route. He loved Reservoir Dogs, so I I had like you know an affection towards that. Um, love the Tarantino films. Um, my my other brother Alex, he's more of like the craziness. And wait, hold on, let me grab a, a film that he gave me. One second, it's actually <laughs> Blue Velvet. Oh yeah, Blue Velvet. Sure. Fucking crazy ass movie. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't even hook it with a Criterion collection version. You just have that. No, just a blue. Probably he picked it up from Walmart or something, man. I don't know. <laughs> and it's just, it's so funny. Like his nice. kind of, his kind of like movies is like so great, bad, like Gary Busey movies. Like when he was just the star and I forgot the names of them, but he was just Lethal so Weapon. No, there's, there's one that's like, uh, uh the, 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 but the butthorn thing I don't even know where that comes from the, the 
I got to figure this out, but like, that's kind of the two schools of, of thought that I like went through going up is, do you say butthorn? Yeah. That's Gary Busey line. I swear. Yeah. Your worst nightmare, butthorn. You never Mm. see. I'm I'm looking it up. right. That's not point break. Bulletproof. 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 Yeah. That's the one. (laughs) So yeah. Anyways. So I have one brother that was just madness and one brother that was like, violent and like matrix and so yeah i I mean i was the youngest brother so i i was exposed to all of that Mm -hmm. at an early age so so i picture one brother like in the matrix and the other brother like in the crow yeah exactly yeah (laughs) okay gotcha (laughs) i gotcha yeah and i just kind of uh on my own what did i the first dvd and this is really really you guys are gonna fucking hate me for saying this just married with Ashton Kutcher and Brittany, um, uh, Brittany Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. Where, that was the first movie I ever bought myself. Why? Did, did, I don't did, know. Did you, was it so you could ask a girl, hey, do you want to come over? Watch. You know what? I'm going to fill my, with my head with that. So I feel better. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's, I think those are your intentions. You just forgot. Like subconsciously, right? Yeah. Just like, you know what? I'll just pick up this DVD. See the girl in the hall and be like, you know what? I just picked up a DVD. You want to. Like accidentally drop it on the ground. Hey. Uh, oh. Have you seen this movie though? Have God, you seen I'm it? such a sucker. I'm sensitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It paints me to be a big softy, man. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. What about, do you guys remember any kind of gift growing up that you kind of had that, like I had to have it? Oh, what was my Red Rider? What was my Red Rider? Exactly. What was your Red Rider? Exactly. Yeah. And I know exactly for me was an electric scooter. I was 10 years old. I was a little fat kid. I didn't want to push myself. I just wanted to just a little, a little motor to do it for me. And so I remember waking up that morning and, and to preface the whole thing, of course, I'm like, I'm like bargaining with my parents, like, oh, you don't have to give me anything. I just want this one gift. Don't worry about getting me any other gift. Just this one, just bargaining, just, I don't know, aimlessly in my head. And I wake up at 2 a.m., of course, to like check if the if the scooter was there. And sure enough, it was. I was so excited. And I fucking unplug and, and take this thing outside. The one thing about it is the front door has the double lock. So it has the deadbolt and it also has the lock on the handle. And so all my cousins, all my aunts and uncles were, were in the house and I, I undo the, the deadbolt, go outside and sure enough, the handle is, is, is locked. And I can't get back inside. And so I start ringing the doorbell, but it's, it's two o'clock in the morning. And I, we, Hey, I mean, we had Christmas at 2 AM. All the cousins were happy, but the parents fucking hated it. But <laughs> yeah, no, mine was a, mine was electric, uh, electric scooter. So I don't know if you guys had anything like that or. Yeah. Um, what about you, John? Yeah. I had a lot of great presents growing up. Uh, I'm going to mention the My Buddy. Has some Teddy Ruxpins. Uh, yeah, I remember one time getting, I've had some goods and bads. Uh, but you also talked about like uh, just the anxiety or like baiting the parents. That's one thing I think the film <laughs> did a good job of is like, I remember getting like the Sears catalog and you like cut out what you want. <laughs> like it's in you'd mail that to like, that, dude. To like your grandma and you just be like it's this toy and like man that <laughs> thing that's just kind of like like had all the cool like lego kind of stuff it's like oh man these guys they got like look at those swords with their shields <laughs> I those about that. guys man and uh so there's i had a lot of good memories of um how i would try to get presents to request them uh 
best present was I got the Millennium Falcon. Um, <gasps> hardcore. No, no, the uh, the plastic. I'm trying to think of its hand, hands, bro, or uh, like a model of who it. the who the toy. Just who the the main toy company was, because like there there was a time where like before the films were re released, but uh, guess what would this be like early nineties? Um, but like it, it already kind of reached its peak in Haiti. Like my cousin already done the Star Wars thing in like the early eighties seventies, and he had all the toys, and they yeah. started putting more toys out and stuff. And uh, either way, so but like I started just getting them, and I was Star Wars my stuff. But I got the Millennium Falcon. It's like this super cool one where you, uh, Han and Chewie could both sit in the cockpit, and like so like there's there's oh, a place was- where you can sit it, and then you can open up the. Yeah, you can open up like the hatch, and there's like the top, right? Yeah, and there's like a little smuggler place, and there's like the chair where (laughs) they can sit and play game. So it's like I had, I got that. I got like an X-wing. I got a a Tie Fighter. Like that was the Star Wars Christmas, where like all the aunts and uncles and everybody got me something. It's always a themed Christmas, right? It's always a themed is like when it goes right or Star Wars or. Or what else? I loved Power Rangers one Christmas. That was all that I got. Man, I remember those. uh, What were those like Digi ones? Like there's like well, they're Digimons, but like there's these like digital like pets um, that you like raise and stuff. uh, uh, Oh man, that's gonna kill me. Andrew, do you sense. remember those pets that like you used to raise? Like Like we're just talking like all time Christmas like Tamagotchis. Tamagotchis. Right, and, and you'd be like, "Oh, feed it now." Oh yeah, I think I think you're right, Colin. Um, uh, give it love. Yeah, I I mean that was a little after. Like, yeah, that's time I got you. Yeah, Furbies Furbies were a hard. Oh my god, Elmo Elmo doll was a pretty hardcore theme year. I remember. I remember not, wanting not, not Turbo for me. Man. Oh, oh, well, see that? Okay, we'll talk about Turbo Man. Now I we're talking about other Christmas movies. So I know, I know. We, can we do that? That was, that, that was yeah, that of kosher? course. I think this is the time to do it, if any. But like Jingle All the Way is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. And it might not be Sinbad's top five movie in his, but it's probably not like a top five Christmas movie. It's really <gasps> fantastic. Andrew's got it. That's it. That's the one. That's the ship. Wait, do you have my electric scooter at least to show me? No, he he walked. He would get made fun of. He would get me made fun of on Bermuda for wearing capris, but he would for riding an electric scooter. (laughs) So for the listeners, uh, while John was talking and he said that his like big gift as a kid was a Millennium Falcon, that too was mine. Now, I didn't necessarily have the. I'm still kind of like a little winded because I ran down three flights of stairs and ran back up. But like what I do remember is my first Christmas and I might have been four. And I got it's actually the model that predates this particular this one here is was like the second generation because the original like the, the first generation was really, really like cheap um, but it was it was the coolest thing like I'll just it, it, it's also one of like the last memories I have of my mother and father like married you know because they've been divorced for 
35, 36 years or whatever it is. Right. But so I think it was like my last Christmas while we were all a family. And I remember, you know, Christmas morning and the Millennium Falcon, my father had all like set up and everything like that and and I just remember, like I, like I said, being four years old and seeing it like, holy shit, this is the Millennium Falcon. Like, oh, my God. I don't know if it was on my list. I don't I don't even know if I had a list at four years old. You know, your parents just say, what do you want? And you're like, eh, well, I want I want this. But it was it really was like a very like magical thing. And I think the first seven, eight years old whatever or first seven eight years of my life i think the the big gifts were always star wars related um i think that when like the like the like the the following christmas i guess i would have been like five or whatever we were we were flying to the united states and my parents were you know were divorcing and everything and we were on the airplane and I, I woke up and like the stewardesses were, they were all there and like all the people around like, Oh my God, Santa came by. Santa was on the plane. Like, Oh my God, Santa was here. I'm like, what? I miss Santa. He came by on the airplane. And oh. like, he brought you this. And, yeah. And it, it, it's in my daughter's room, but it was wicked. The Ewok. And, mm. um, I still have that. Well, now my daughter has it, which is, you know, my, my wicked Ewok stuffed animals. So that thing is 34, 35 years old or whatever. But yeah. that's what I think of. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. My was, Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, yeah. My Millennium Falcon was delivered to my grandmother's house by Santa. And I remember being surprised that he knew to bring it there that year. I think that was one of the fun things. And that's one of those really things I, I I'm glad basically the majority of America goes along with Christmas for the sake of children. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, it doesn't do you any good to ruin it for them. Like, let them keep believing in Santa for as long as possible. It's like a game. You know, kind of, you know, with extent. 10 probably is a good cutoff. (laughs) I I don't know. Like, I think, like, now the kids are so smart. They figure that shit out because they all have, like, like iPads and things like that. So they'll, they probably all figure it around, figure it out around six or seven years old. But if you don't believe you don't get a gift. Yeah. I mean, there, there's just something magical about <laughs> it. Right. I mean, I, I love the idea of Santa and I love right now with my two and a half year old, you know, going three year old daughter, you know, just her going through the motions for the first time and starting to get the idea of like, Oh my God, there's this guy, Santa. And if I'm good, he brings me shit. I mean, that, that, it's, it's fun. And, and it's sucker. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about it. It's like the feeling you can have when doing that is a very selfless feeling because mm-hmm. Sa- Santa gets the credit. Right. It's, you know, you get to see your, your daughter enjoy this great thing. I don't want that. that is, well, you have your own present. To, <laughs> you know what? I'll do Santa. Okay. <laughs> just, just pull pull an, old man, pull an old man and let all the presents be open and all the Santa presents be open and then just tell your child hey check behind check over there behind my jersey yeah, <laughs> yeah there's something and then like be like ass that's your present and then Surprise! your wife will look at you and be like why'd you get him a scooter <laughs> he's overweight already <laughs> it's just genetics he'll grow out of it <laughs> yeah. oh my God. That's funny. for sure um so um 
what was I going to say to you, Andrew? Oh my gosh. You were so you guys had way better toys. And, and I feel like for me, I was just like being young and sucked into, cause I feel like kids were sat in front of the TV more as in my generation. What John, you're seven years, six, I think six years older than me. That's not too much of a, a I'm, 30, I'm, thir- I'm about to turn 36. 36. Okay. Yeah. I think you could, what you're speaking of, you could look at a natural progression from Andrew to myself to you. Yeah. And, and so for me, I, I've always, I've always I've had this. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I use the term like the TV became the babysitter. Like parents exactly. are perfectly yeah. fine with their kids coming home and turn on the TV and, and watch so the I was by so the consumed. Bell. I was so consumed. And so I bought into like Power Rangers. And I feel like that was like my generation that we just absolutely yeah. loved. And like you guys have like these way better like themed themed like uh, gifts. And I'm over here like Pokemon. I loved Pokemon. I bought into all of that shit. Like, I, I, I didn't a, know. I had like, a brother was, who was the same age as Andrew. So I think that oh. was, I think it's easy for me to relate to Andrew and yeah. just see a very similar, I'm, I'm, even though, uh, you know, Andrew no, doesn't root for nearly as cool of a football club as my brother does. My brother actually has class when it comes to rooting for a football team. But uh, uh, yeah, I think that's, one of those reasons why I'm able to relate toy and music and movies. No, I just think it's an interesting thing between all of us. And I see myself and I'm like, man, I got the short end of the stick. Like, I wish I would have been in that age. Where I, I would that's have, blaming you. Yeah. Reveled in like something that I love. Like I love Star Wars to this day. You can't live without regret, man. You can't go back and change it, dude. Other kids were all sitting in front of the TV. This will happen. I what are you going to do? Hop in a DeLorean? <laughs> <laughs> and so this turned into a back to the future. <laughs> I mean, they all should. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, Andrew, I, how'd you do this? <laughs> I, I think... I think you do bring up something interesting, but we're all guilty of it is it's not necessarily envy, but we, you do look at different generations and with a, with a sense of maybe envy or maybe in some cases appreciation is probably the the better term. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I look back at my childhood with a very, very strong sense of nostalgia. You know, there are things about my childhood that I absolutely love, but I look at, you know, other, um, you know, the, 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 the gen, gen Y's and millennials that have now come and there's some really cool shit and some of the things that they're able to, you know, put the, um, I mean, kids today are now being born understanding how to use a smartphone and things like that. And so y'all were born where Nintendo already existed. You know what I mean? And, and when I was born, we, we had Atari and that shit was, was lame you know like um i do know i had an atar and i took offense to that (laughs) (laughs) i I did not have a nintendo later on i was able to get a sega also a christmas present also a really good christmas present i had i got a sega genesis for christmas one year too yeah yeah in 64 man but that wasn't atari but that was also the connection with the older siblings probably and yeah you know what i I take it back i i I enjoyed atari there was a game pitfall and i love the hell out of pitfall pitfall was great and i had pong's not a pong's not a bad game sorry to cut you off uh empire strikes back was another game no (laughs) (laughs) no super nintendo was it was mario man like that's that's what i loved was mario donkey kong 
all the Nintendo, I, uh, well, the PlayStation, didn't really mess with PlayStation much. I was. I really- can definitely remember 64 coming out. I didn't get one, but all the fr- friends of mine who got one that year, like that was a big thing. Like all those kids like just stepped there. And where you're talking about these kids today who are going to go into this new generation with phones, that was a whole new generation. All of a sudden the gaming yeah. generation just exploded with Nintendo 64 with PlayStation coming out right after that. You already had Sega. And uh, anyways, I guess, I don't know if you want to go back. I know it kind of interrupted you, but uh, any point about the new generation and how they're going to be tech savvy. Uh, Me, I, I picture myself... As if you ever picture see those old ladies who live in Italy who don't care about technology, that's <laughs> that's how you're gonna that's if you want to think about John Rowe in 30 years, that's how old he's Italian gonna be living. Woman. Yeah, like an old For Italian sure. woman just sitting on his porch drinking sweet tea. <laughs> that's Are they drinking sweet tea in, in Italy? Is that what they're drinking? No, I'm, I'm trying to make it a bit Texan. Like it's I guess like I'm wine to, or Campari. I don't think I'm gonna be living in Italy. So I gotta, you know. Do as the Romans, but I'll be in Texas. So <laughs> do as the tea. Romans do in Austin. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But yeah, I, I think really where I was going with that is you always look at, you know, like I'll, I'll look at my, maybe, you know, my older sisters or even going further, my mother's generation or shit, even this movie and looking at like, holy cow, how cool would that have been to grow up in that area, in that era where you know, you're, you're outside with your friends all day, like all day. And you, yeah. you, you come home just for, for dinner and to catch your, your evening show or something like that. And now yeah. a lot of that isn't the way, I mean, when I was a kid, yeah, you know, we, we played out uh, outside, but I think mild childhood, I always was a little bit envious of, of, of having snow because we sure as shit didn't have snow in Bermuda, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's not snow. No, yeah. <laughs> um, but global warming. But that's actually to your point. Um, you know, it's you're envious in both ways, right? It, it's a double-edged sword. So you can you can look at the younger generation and you can look at the older generation. I think it's just always a matter of the grass is greener on the other side. I, I'm us. not. So I, when Colin was talking about how envious it was of us, I understood it. And I think he should be. I in no way <laughs> some college generation and how they grew up. I'm, See, glad, I, I'm well, glad I wasn't a part of it. And I'm going to keep enjoying the night. <laughs> but, you know. Hey, so. man. Well, we're all turning out all right. And I, uh, look, yeah. I support Generation Y. I'm just glad I'm not a part of it, okay? <laughs> but I support all of the Ys. But why? John, do you do you fall into the very it. end of Gen X? I'm I'm 85. Where, but I also think that because I have an older brother, I'm I was just largely so if I'm on the border, I'm getting pulled up. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So that's that's just the, how I see it. Like my mom, Clay, who's a best friend of mine, he was the oldest, and he was more into Power Rangers, like Colin. Mm. Uh, <laughs> same time period. But my brother wasn't going to let me watch Power Rangers. I was watching, <laughs> I was watching Rock and Jock Sports on MTV when I went home. So, yeah, love it. Let's bring this on back a little bit. Oh, to the show. Hey, who did y'all think? Who was the hero of the show? Mm. The Red Rider rifle. 
uh, the Red Rider, BB gun. Um, the hero, do you, I guess there are two different things, really. I mean, you've got your protagonist, and then you've got the hero. At the end of the day, the hero, the hero is the old man, as far as I'm concerned. He's the hero of the movie. Okay. Well, um, I, and well, let, I'm going to argue then the hero is the mall. I think the mother is the is the hero of the show. She's the she's the real one who's taking care of everything. <laughs> My mother had not had a warm meal in the years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think to me the be- the scene that stood out the most is whenever he he gets in the fight, and they do a good job of setting it up for because like he got he got denied. I mean he still got a C plus on his grade, but he was totally <laughs> yeah. Like he still got a passing grade, but he's he's ter- he's broken and he just was t- pushed too far, and he finally stands up to the bully and gives him a beat up, which I think that's one of the things about this movie. It's a very American. You stand up to the bully, you fight, you win, you lose, but you stand up to him. But it's there's, I think it's a very American movie. Uh, but in that scene, like he's beating him up, and the mom comes and grabs him, and he starts crying, and she takes him, and you know. And you get a great scene with uh, the little brother in the cupboard crying, just going, "That's going to kill me." She's like, "No, he's not." And that's another one where I think that the old man would have been proud. Like in a way, just I, I really don't think the old man would have ratted Ralphie out for the bad word if his. And maybe this goes to why the mom's not the hero. But the mom kind of goes, took you eight minutes. So she kind of gave him a little jive. And then he's just like, you know what? Let me redirect this. The old man's not great at handling certain things. So he's like, let me redirect this and let me toss it on Ralphie. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that scene. And I think this is now we're going to really start getting into some of the great things because you brought this up. Uh, It's perfect. And I don't know if hero is the right word, but it. It definitely is a perfect, like, two-minute thing about marriage is that that little scene right there is basically just I, – I don't want to beat up the uh, the mother slash wife because she's perfect in this movie, and I, and I love her, love her. But she was so quick to take her husband down for – like, he comes in, and she just, you know, lets him know how long it took him to change the tire. Yeah, I'm going to change it in six or (laughs) and she's like eight minutes. And, you know, it's just like you bitch Um, in that scene. Like it starts with them driving down the road and the kids are in the back. And now I'm picturing you, Andrew, I'm picturing all all, anybody with children Mm -hmm. has driven down the road. And the dad is not saying a word. He's probably just trying to block it out as much as possible. But then she's singing along in the snow. Yep, just and she's just singing along, just trying to entertain them. But they're just is top of their lungs singing. Yeah, but then, yeah, and then you get the pop, you get the bad word, which made me think. Oh, I guess we already talked about it. It's like, have you ever said a bad word? We all kind of remember once. Um, but yeah, but the thing is, so the dad rats out Ralphie, and then Ralphie goes, he gets the soap. And he rats out her friend. <laughs> so in a way, it's just like Ralphie is a lot like his dad. Yeah. Uh, I, I think also whenever he, they're waiting to see Santa, he's standing in line. There's the real annoying kid. <laughs> no, uh, keep going. I, I just want to uh, do a fun fact on that kid. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, just in the way the kid's just like, I love Santa. Can't wait to see Santa. He's like, yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> just everything in the kids. I'm busy. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead, please. I'd, I'd love to know the fun fact. Yeah, that wasn't even an actor. That was just some kid. <laughs> they, they got him because he was weird in the, in like the crowd were like, we're going to fucking use this guy. You're talking about the kid with the goggles, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Not, not <laughs> an actual actor. Maybe. It was just some weird kid. And uh, it was like uh, Peter Billingsley talked about it in. Uh, like the commentary that yeah he was just somebody that uh, Gene Shepard or rather Bob Clark the director he's like I'm fucking using that kid <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm curious and like because you kind of mentioned another one how long was this sh- took to shoot you said three million dollars how long did it take to shoot but also how, how willing were they to go off script or um, or you mentioned it was a bunch of the writing so maybe they just had a bunch of scenes they were playing out and just going off of, but I guess uh, speak a little more of the creative forces behind it or. Yeah. So I don't know the overall time frame. I know that there was a lot of stuff that they, that they didn't include. There was a lot of del- deleted stuff, but so I don't think it would have taken that long to film this one because the majority of the stuff is really uh, Gene Shepard's voiceover work. Peter Billingsley Although he's on camera 95% of the time, he doesn't have a ton of lines in the movie. If you really go back and watch it, they're like like certain scenes, but the the Ralphie's character is really done through the voice of Gene Shepard as an adult. You know, most of his stuff is narrated. Um you know, and I almost think Randy has more dialogue than Ralphie. You know, like I hate meat loaf, double beat loaf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't feel my arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then uh-huh. the narrator has some of the best lines too, where it's just mm-hmm. Randy laid there like a slug. It was his only defense. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like I like the part when they when the uh they break the lamp and the, the dad's like walking out and he's like, he said the only thing that was on his mind. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorite ones is um, when he was talking about his father, like beating up like the furnace. He's like, in the heat of battle, my father wove a tapestry of obscenity that, as far as we know, is still <laughs> hanging in space over Lake Michigan. And that's what they're talking about. You mentioned Midwest. So I watched while watching. I tried to pay attention to that. Cleveland Street is where they're they're on. But Northern Indiana is, I believe, the area they're from. But I do think it gives you just that whole feel of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. what games are they talking about? Uh, Bears versus Green Bay. Um, yeah, I just, if anybody wanted to know the setting, I wasn't sure in Northern Indiana. <laughs> yeah, so it, it took place in Indiana. It was filmed in mostly Ohio and um, Ontario, Canada. So uh, Ohio and Canada is where they filmed uh, most of the movie. It, now that's making me think of Tommy Boy and Hoosiers. But anyways, we'll <laughs> talk about those down the road. Good movies. <laughs> if you haven't seen them, check them out. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, a fun fact, and I'm sorry, I think Colin or John was about to say something, but a fun fact is the actor that played the old man was Darren McGavin. And he was in a lot of things. And really, the only thing I, I, I really think of when I think of him is the movie The Natural, which came out around the same time. But the originally, the role of the old man was going to go to Jack Nicholson. But, like, wages would have been a little bit higher. But, holy 
how would that have been a different movie at with uh, Jack Nicholson as the old man? <laughs> like, I, I, I wonder, like, would he have been sentimental or would he have been like terrifying? I, I, I don't know. Uh, but when was The Shining shot? Uh, the Shining was, I think it was shot in 79, but came out in 80, maybe 81. I would, I would just think that casting call must have said like balding. Like, well, I didn't know what it looks like. Yeah. Like how he, you know, I mean, if you can get Jack Nicholson, you grab him, right? Oh, he's scatterbrained too. But it is one of those ones where um, you're like, yeah, you can see a, I can see like Jack Lemon playing a better old Ooh, Jack man. Jack Lemon, yeah. You know, or Walter, you know. But I couldn't see Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Um, what other, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, the kid that plays Grover Dill, who was like Scott Farkas's like Toadie. I don't know if you guys ever saw this movie called Better Off Dead, but Better Off Dead is one of like my all time favorite 1980s movies. It has John Cusack and it's like this, this rom-com where he gets dumped and He's brokenhearted, so he he tries to come up with these different elaborate ways to kill himself, and he never goes through with it. But then he meets another girl, and everything is perfect. But there's this weird thing that happens in the movie where he's hounded by this paper boy throughout the movie that just wants his $2. Anyway, Grover Dill play is that paper boy that he's like, I want my $2. And it, <laughs> so you, typecasted. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> And, anyone else? Is anyone else? Um, not from a. I mean, everybody in the movie were, you know, they they were. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Peter Billingsley, who uh, was it? I can't remember if it was Colin or John. They were talking about Elf. It was it was John. Yeah. Uh, the like the head elf in Elf that isn't Bob Newhart, but like the <gasps> younger one. That is Peter Billingsley. What? Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. That's insane. What? Yeah. No, I'm looking. I get it. Yep. And if you saw the movie Four Christmases, he was the like the airline, uh, like kiosk guy uh, in that movie. And he's a like a filmmaker, like writer, director, and he works a lot with like Vince Vaughn. But he was the the um, that head elf that is like you're not a cotton niggy muggins or whatever it is cotton headed ninny muggins man that's it yeah yeah so that's peter billingsley and john are you still there it looks like we lost you i can still hear you can you hear me yeah oh we can hear you yeah we just want to see you just lost the video sorry about that no worries yeah no i was thinking of uh darren mcgavern one shout out for a lot of people would be billy madison's dad like uh, I think Billy Madison. Was that Billy Madison said? Wow. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, when oh. I watch this movie, what I really think about is just like how I feel like I'm more connected to the people in this movie than I would think your daughter is growing up. Right. You know, this year excluded, but like right now in the childhood she's going to have and all my nieces and nephews are going to have is I really feel like when I watch this, which is set 60, 50 years before the kind of the Christmases or whatever that I'd had, they're still doing things like we'd go and watch this movie or we'd go watch this, you know, play in the backyard. Um, 
in this, they still do go play, but they also still go and sit down to listen to radio. So I feel like kids and families still do the same similar traditions during Christmas. Um, another question I was going to have is because the family ended up having to do that. Have you ever had to go find dinner out to eat on Christmas? <laughs> like I, I do vaguely remember, and it wasn't the greatest of times, but my father and I, and the only thing that was open was a Jack in the box, you know, and us having Christmas, a uh, little Christmas lunch, uh, at Jack in the box, but, um, mm. it's just cause of scenarios and things going on. But, uh, anyways, I just wasn't sure if y'all had any, you know, y'all or favorite family Christmases meals. No, I, I mean, I've butchered some Christmas dinners, but we've never had, I've never had to do a Chinese, uh, what was it? Chinese Turkey. I forget what they, oh, so, uh, yeah. What, yeah, yeah, no, it's Chinese Turkey. Yeah, China, so it's duck, um, but it was Chinese turkey is what yeah, he refers yeah. to it in the movie. Yeah. But I'm trying to think. No. Um, and then growing up, um, we our it's funny. Like a lot of like a lot of families do for Christmas, they do ham or they do like a a turkey or a duck or they do something. My or family, yeah. pardon me, or what? Or both. Or both. Or both. Yeah. yeah. My family's tradition has been lasagna. We do Christmas lasagna, and something that that I've carried forward now in like my adulthood is it, it, it's Christmas. I'm making a lasagna, and um, it's just something different because I generally don't eat lasagna any other time of the year because it's there's so much shit and it's just so bad for you. But goddamn, is it so good? So good. It's so, <laughs> so good. good. So good. So good. And it, it's a perfect Italian Christmas party. dinner. Yeah, it's a perfect. Yeah. If you haven't done it before, do yourself a favor and make lasagna on Christmas. Yeah. Well, lasagna was lasagna was definitely mom's side of the family. So, I, I, yeah, I imagine you've split. You both maybe we could talk about splitting Christmases and how you know you go to our mom's side on one half, hopefully dad's side on the other. And uh, it, at this point. With people traveling and where people live, I, it just seems like you got to have two different Christmases on two different days. But uh, you know, back in the day, you just do that. So Huntsville was about three hours away. So whether it's morning or evening, you wake up and do one or the other. But lasagna was always mom's side and dad's side. We'd always make enchiladas, like handmade enchiladas. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It was a fun family thing. Everybody's in the kitchen, and then you know, every, you know, other people will clean up afterwards. But the uh, oh man, Christmas is so great, and especially whenever you can get a big one with all the family you know, members together. And uh, you know, some people are eating, and you're just laying on the floor, <laughs> laying on the couch, <laughs> passing out. You know, there's trash well, everywhere. Just, it's not the same just because you finally get to know the uncle and he's just not the same uncle as you were a kid, you know, and it's, as you get older, I feel like it's not as enjoyable. Well, that reminds me of something within the movie with the father and the children. And I think it's something that I thought a lot of with my father was when I was young, he didn't, he didn't understand me. He did the best he could, but he just didn't really understand how children interact as I age yeah. and became more mature. He figured out how to, you know, be a friend and be a great he was always a great father but he he understood how to interact with me but be, i i'm a friendly guy i you know like y'all see me and you know I, I just can't help but just like you know try to make a kid smile and you know cheer him up and stuff but that's not everybody's like that and my dad wasn't you know and yeah this character within this movie is the kind of dad who i think a lot of our fathers 
had growing up who for from the depression or from the hard times who was the guy who never told their son they loved him yep. you know and like uh it, it, but that's the whole thing with the father giving him the red rider pb gun at the end is he he still understood it and he saw it the whole time and he did love him that was his way of saying it uh but uh yeah, I, I could relate to this father very much in this movie. I really enjoyed uh, the character of the old man. Do we want to talk about those dogs? Oh, the bumpuses dogs. <laughs> the Dude, I, would you in in nineteen thirty we can forgive somebody for using that Red Rider BB gun to shoot those dogs, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We're talking about nineteen thirty midwest america here so like you gotta i just i'm gonna say like i'm fine with him putting a couple pellets in those dogs it's not gonna kill him it's just gonna mm-hmm. get them off that property yeah the fucking bumpus is dogs man like i love dogs but keep those dogs on a leash they they took the old man's turkey and that that old man was broken up you know just uh worse than the leg probably worse than the leg so yeah to go with that that, and you guys were talking about uh y'all's dinners and i didn't get to talk about my dinner but anyways uh (laughs) so uh the christmas oh colin you're still here (laughs) exactly i know (laughs) so the the christmas dinner was actually ruined by our dog he got on the (laughs) counter and got into like the prime rib and so it was just a Christmas of sides. The whole, I mean, but that's, I mean, that's mashed yeah. potatoes, mac and cheese. That's all great stuff. I didn't give a shit about the, the, yeah. the roast or the, the prime rib. I was just soaking in the, the butter, man. I didn't care. That's one of those misfortunes you have where the story is outweighs the consequences of the moment. Like you're oh, you're my, da- my dog, oh, worth it, worth it. If you're in a bad situation, just realize at some point you'll get over it. And you could just make that story. It's just like, I achieved it. Like, we didn't even care about the dinner. We didn't care about the ah, turkey. We're having we had, sides. We had macaroni and mashed <laughs> potatoes, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I remember I was going to a birthday party one time. Or it was my birthday. And uh, <laughs> I had a, our dog literally jumped, <laughs> jumped in the back. We had a Dodge Stealth. You know, this, you know, one of those back things that opened up. Anyways, that's where yeah. the trunk was. But this, our dog hopped in there and ate my fucking cake. That <laughs> fucking bastard, man. Yeah, like we like walk out. He's he's just this little dog. He's just kind of like looking at us while we get in the car. Like, like what the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? Why are you walk, looking at me? Yeah, we have packed. Luckily, there's an HEB close enough and open a box. <laughs> so, but it was just like, hey, man, like it, that sneaky little 700 sex. dogs. How could they have 700? <laughs> that's what they said. I don't, I mean, I think obviously that's an exaggeration, but. Yeah, there were like five or six. It was over, but, yeah. it was well, over five. Yeah. Let's talk exactly. about the narrator for a bit because he's yeah, the lead, well, I guess. Let's talk right? about the narrator, but I want to go back to. How perfect uh, a delivery uh, John just had. He was, I was going to a party. Well, actually, it was mine. I'm good. I'm sorry. That was just classic. Just classic, classic John. Um, uh, someone's going to say something. John's still laughing, so... I'll, I'll turn it over to Colin, but Colin, I've got a question for you. Oh no! No, no, no! Nothing serious. Nothing serious. But there is a great scene in the movie where they're they're, they're doing dares, right? You know, I, oh, I, dare, you. I, I dog dare you. I triple dog dare you, and then it, it, it culminates with 
with Schwartz sticking his tongue to a pole and it gets stuck. A flick. Okay. Uh, no. Schwartz, right, man, it's cool. I mean, no. Schwartz uh, flick dares Schwartz yes. to yeah yes. to do it originally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, well, it, it's tricky because of the fact that the guy named Flick, his last name in real life is Schwartz. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I get confused there for a second, but yeah, the the kid Flick dares Schwartz to stick his tongue on a pole because his old man said it'll stick, and the other guy's like, "Nah, your your father's an idiot." Not uh, cool. Not cool to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is child banter. I think we yeah. all ended up in these scenarios plenty of times. And oh, the dare, and the double dare. I this is part where like I I love within the narration of the show how much of a daydreamer because I think all children daydream. But I don't know, and maybe y'all guys did. I never should usually do down the dares, double dares. It was just like, all right, you, you just step it up, one, two, three. Well, yeah, exactly. I, like you're just yeah. you make your own rules up, and then you're just yeah. the kid that says, "I fucking infinity plus one dog dare you," and then you're like, "Oh, well, I guess maybe you say old. that in Houston." But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, we used to just go. Well, then you're a chicken, or you're yellow. Or, you know, because if you if you watch like Back to the Future, yeah. you're like you're yellow, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, a man I, or a mouse is what I like. What we used as like kids. Are you man or a mouse? Okay, okay. I like. So, was there something? The fuck I think I was raised like on a fucking like a little Christmas tree farm. <laughs> I wanted to go back into the idea of dares, and I just wanted if you have any memories of some of the craziest dares that you guys did when you guys were kids. Did you ever challenge anybody? Did you ever see anybody do anything stupid? Did you ever do anything stupid? I started a club, and I used to start clubs all the time, and I I would just get my friend group and just like, Hey, you could be a part of my club. Uh, but one of our clubs was the daredevil club. And it was, it, this is just in kindergarten, first grade. And it was about jumping off different things backwards and landing <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, that's... or, or like, all right, you're going to go stand on that bridge that's going to shake and we're both going to jump and you just stand there <laughs> as long as possible. I love that. <laughs> and it was, it was, yeah. It was the Daredevil Squad. Yeah, you man. Just, you just be like, hey, hey jump from higher. Uh, but I, I can remember, uh, this is junior high or so, I had a friend and he always knew how to, he always knew uh, what to say. And the thing was quite easy. It was just like, John, dude, if you do it, I'll tell everybody you got the hugest balls. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, well, fuck it, I'll do it. I'm crazy, man. I'll do anything. I'll do it. So it, it wouldn't matter what it was. And I got in a lot of trouble around that. I got um, I got in trouble. We went on this uh, science field trip, and it was an overnight. You're going to stay at, uh, around Inks Lake. And I saw a bunch of people swimming. I swam out there, and a couple people were like, hey, we're going to swim across. Like, you know, there you Boom, swim across, came back, got in trouble. There's another person who we were on – a bus and and I'm ended up mooning a car. And this happened to be a car that lived in Flugable. They, they Damn it, that was mine, bro. They they followed us all the way back to the high school. I mean sorry, the junior high. And uh nobody ratted me out, but I remember and it was it's a very Ralphy moment because I remember like the coach going through and he gave us a guilt trip kind of. He's like, Well, I don't know who did it, but y'all are all gonna run tomorrow. 
And I was remember thinking, oh, like, I'm no. not, I'm not gonna let the other guys run for me. So I went and it's like, hey man, it was me. Hey, respect. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Hell yeah. But uh, we ended up losing a game. We still won district. I didn't get to play again. But I had that. <laughs> I had the one from the swimming across Inks Lake, and I have one other indiscretion within uh, my eighth year. And those three indiscretions meant I couldn't go on the class field trip which was SeaWorld San Antonio and which it rained. Oh, so it sucked no. for the people who went. <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> Always take a dare. Poetic justice. <laughs> Beautiful. Dude. I got the stories and memories, baby. <laughs> what about you, Colin? Oh, for me? Dude, I mean, so he was talking about mooning. So besides that one, I had one where I was mooning in the uh it was just like it was like are you a man or a mouse and you're always like you gotta prove something like man i haven't done something in a while like i gotta i gotta show these people like i do something you know and once in a while and so i mooned a car behind us the car behind us somehow got the bus driver to stop Mm -hmm. and they started talking and everything and and talked about a, a kid showing their ass of course to the fucking car but just ultimately i just had to do some time for it but anyway so just some like detention, but the, the, the worst one, uh, besides that was, uh, so my buddy was driving, we had an egg. I was 16, of course. And, um, I'm not saying, I mean, am I admitting isn't, are you guys cops or lawyers? Like, am I gonna, <laughs> You're and it was, and it was dropping an egg on a windshield of someone passing by. Like I'm 16 years old. I'm dumb. Right. And so I do that. This guy fucking whips around right away and we're in a car chase right now. And our friend is going 60 and 30 and we're driving so fast. My heart's pumping, of course. And this dude corners us anyway, writes our license plate down. Nothing happens. But yeah, don't do bad things, kids. If you're listening, please refrain from egging cars and doing bad things and drugs. Don't do drugs. Those are bad for you. Dare. Okay. Anyways, back to you, Andrew. Uh, that was that was some sponsored good by Dare. Yeah. <laughs> this 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 uh, podcast is sponsored by Dare. Uh, I, you know, like Any I asked, I yeah, uh, I asked the question, but I'm like I'm having a difficult time remembering. There were I undoubtedly had tons of stupid shit that I was responsible for, right? but. The one I, I just want to bring up something completely ridiculous, but I would have been in fourth grade and, and it was a dumb dare because it really didn't serve anybody other than like my own ego. Yeah, exactly. But, but, That's what a dare is. Yeah. But I I was convinced that I was the hardest kid in my class. And basically I dared just about any 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 number of the kids in my class to punch me in the stomach as hard as they could (laughs) (laughs) and that was just kind of my claim to fame that like i could take a punch to the stomach and be like whatever but have don't know why i I have no logic like i i don't know (laughs) other you you gotta be joking about that really that's got some you got some balls that's good that's just a weird weird thing and i i remember this one this one kid rob he was just like he's like okay (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and yeah, he, he punched me as, and, and I took it like a champ and he was blown away that he had to tell like two or three other dudes and they also took cracks at it. And I, 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 I took the code. Yeah. They, they, they couldn't, they couldn't knock me down, but you're resilient. Mm. I, I was very, very, oh. yeah, very mm. resilient. I don't think I'd want to do that now as an adult. I think adults <laughs> probably hit a lot harder, but that and I've got, I've got a lot more scotch in my stomach than I did at nine years old. But yes, yeah. sir. But what, what if it was still like young Rob? Would you still let like young child <laughs> Rob put you in the stomach? You just go, you still got nothing. You'll never have nothing. You'll never be nothing. <laughs> just give up in life. <laughs> God damn it, Rob. You're shit. I had one where thinking about like uh the the scene where they do uh the tongue to the the bar. I don't know if y'all ever played like pranks or anything on people. Like I got a couple Christmas pranks that had happened. Um but like I remember one time somebody trying to do the uh put my hand in warm water. But I remember thinking, like, as I go to bed, it's like, they try that, I'm going to punch one. And I woke up during it, and I got him clean in the stomach, and he did fall over. So I can tell you for a fact, it wasn't Andrew Stamper. Nope. <laughs> nope, wasn't him. Mm-hmm. But but I wasn't sure if y'all had any uh, good Christmas pranks for you or your siblings, if uh, your parents were in that nature. I, my father once really told my sister very often like for christmas you're gonna get bricks she's like no way and then on christmas day she opened up this package and it was full of bricks Damn. she goes no she wanted a baton i wanted a baton she just <laughs> throws it and i don't know like how she must have been so mad because she's a child who wants a baton so i'm guessing that's like a girl of eight that's my guess and she just like throws it and she throws it with so much force the bricks kind of go and hit the ground, but this baton goes flying out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh it has these rubber sides. It just like whacked against the wall and kind of kept flying around. But you know, that was one of those Christmas Day things. It's like, you know, 20 minutes later, she's out in grandma's front yard trying to, you know, be the best cheerleader or whatever she could be with that, you know. Now, I've only met your sister once. But that sounds like something that she would do. That your your sister your sister's pretty hard. Like that, I, she's I can imagine. She's well, she's the middle sister, but she's she's two years older than me, two years younger than Kenna. She's right in between us. Um, it it was rough in our family. It's I mentioned before. My mother was a PE teacher. Competition was at a high level, and. Uh, very much supported um one thing with within this the mother kind of holds ralphie back my my mom used to have a rule like say i saw my brother and sister on top of a um a swing set like she just let our you know basically her rule was like if they can if you're old enough to do it or if you can do it you're old enough to do it like i whenever i'd go like hey mom can you help me get up there and I was like, no, it's like, but can't the Vanessa up there? It's like, I guess they're old enough to do it. Mm. Like that, that was her response to be like, that, that's why you're not able to. And then her philosophy was kind of like Yvonne Drago. If they yeah. die, they yeah. die. <laughs> well, it is, it, it's tough. But we survived. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that families, and maybe it's just cause like, 
you know in a way because you're related that you're not really going to kill each other but you do push the boundaries like I, I think about some of those thanksgiving and christmas day football games between me and my cousins because i'm an 85 i got my brother who has two other cousins who are all 81s and there were two other cousins uh that were 79 so there were a lot of us and those football games were pretty rough elbow hit yourself hard fall down accidentally on each other's nut sacks um competitive and i think to myself was like i never yeah yeah we there's just enough of us i guess but it was also just like i never would play that way with my friends I never really played that way in a competitive match for some reason. Like you're just like, when you're playing against somebody who's like within your blood, you're, I think you get a little more antsy. You, you just, you kind of, you <laughs> yeah, kind of get, more, yeah. you, I think it's, I think, yeah, exactly. It's like, if you're in a family match, if a family is going to play a game, it's either, it's more likely to tilt towards I'm going to mess somebody up. Then we're going to play friendly. I, I just think any game you play with family mates, there's just in a way it makes sense. Like there's just too much personal vendetta built up over X amount of years. And the older you get, like it when I'm 60 and I'm playing my sister Monopoly, I bet we're gonna be like just like oh, you're mean, going yeah. down. Like, you're going you down. Oh, I remember. Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Monopoly. Sorry, I had to charge up my my computer. Just let me know that I was running on reserve battery, and I was like, "Shit, dude, we would play Risk for twelve like twelve hours. We would stay really? up. Yeah, our parents would go go to sleep, and it would be me, my brothers, our cousins. But our cousins, we'd have to like coach them. I barely understood it. I was rolling. They were moving the pieces for me, but I I didn't really keep going with it afterwards. But I just remember we would do that. You know three three christmases in a row i mean it it just didn't stick with me sure yeah and you were the young one but, yeah, and, yeah and exactly. they were helping and letting participate you know that's what yeah, exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah i get it yeah. i had an older cousin who was like like my my brother was like oh we don't want to play when we're running through the woods you know with the cousins it our brother didn't but then the cousin older than him was just like no the youngest gets to come you know, you get to come, he gets to come too. So that's when he got just, that. Yeah, fair, yeah. fair is fair. Yeah, all that. All that good stuff. I mean, it was just kind of rightful. This you're the youngest and you got to go everywhere and you experience things differently. And I was the youngest and we used to play games that involved like writing and it was terrible. Like reading <laughs> and writing. I remember never heard of it. Uh, never like, heard of it. Nah, man. But it, and like you know, you I'm trying to think of some of the games. I think not boulder dash but uh but like you'd have to write things on it so then the person goes through you know, and tries to find the winner and then yeah. like yeah my, they, like i was never gonna win that game they're like you want to play you want to play it's just like yeah yeah it's like all right i guess the, i'm just the, signing the up to lose. Have the house man like they had yeah. the edge you know <laughs> i do i do i will give it to game creators they are coming up a really where a, a child of five or six is able to play and you know at least be competitive and have an idea. Andrew, did you have any games you played? <laughs> uh, what was it like, Mario Kart? Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't play Mario Kart until you know, like two thousand two, two thousand three. What type of games <gasps> did I play? Um, I. 
on the like Nintendo or Sega Genesis. It would have been like RBI Baseball or whatever, like for a video game. Uh, that was something I was really big into. But a, yeah, Family Christmas is, I guess, what I'm thinking. So Family Christmas? No, mm-mm, nope. I had no two, life. I, no, I had I had two older sisters, and they were too cool for that shit. You know, so we didn't do anything. So generally speaking, it would have been open toys. I I play with my toys. My two older sisters would disappear. Um, I'm, I'm very close with them, but yeah, I mean, when you're a, a younger, a younger boy and there are two older girls, the last thing they really want to do is just hang out with like this younger, this little boy that all he wants to do is go, you know, um, and make like explosion noises with his star Wars toys and shit like that. But now when I got older and I had two younger brothers, then then we had some fun. So it wasn't, yeah, like when, like, uh, but it usually would be some type of outdoor activity, you know, not necessarily like board games or things like that. So different, like, like racing when I've given like a 50 yard head start and, you know, I always beat them. Um, or, you know, we, or had a little cousin, uh, that lived on like the same property and we play soccer. So it was usually football, you know, we usually play some type of like outdoor thing. So they're really, I didn't really have much of a board game experience growing up. Um, I didn't really get that until, until honestly, you guys, you know, like playing, you know, like I had played Monopoly, I had played chess, I had done all those things, but nobody really gave a shit about it. It wasn't until really hanging out with you guys where we did the, uh, the game of Thrones risk, right? Was it risk? We should we should do that again. I yes, yeah. I believe so now I do want to bring this back, and we can we can segue. But I want to test your knowledge. This will be a battle of John versus Colin Ooh. on a little Christmas story trivia. Oh, all right. So there are rules to this. All right, you can't just shout out the answer. If, oh, no. if you know the I'm answer, if you, if you know the answer, say your name and then I will call on you first. All right. Okay. So, question number one. What language is fragile? John. 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 I do believe I, I said it first. Yep. And Colin is correct in saying it was Italian. It is Italian. Yes. But it's all right. So one point, one point for John. We'll have to play that back. It was fragile. Yes. All right. What is Ralphie's favorite radio show? John. Go. Yeah, pass. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. I can't. No, give me. Oh, you go ahead. I was going to say it's Jeopardy yeah. rules. So you had one. Now you lost a point. Okay. Give me. Uh, I just wasn't yes. sure. How, I wasn't sure how much time I had on the clock, but it, it, it is the, uh, the orphan Annie. Ooh, there you go. That yeah, is correct. It's orphan Annie. So let me at least have my same point on the board. I wasn't sure about my time <laughs> allocation, okay. how much right. I had. And I didn't yeah, want to solve the, the game, but it was orphan Annie. Yeah. Okay. So I get, I still have my one point on the board, right? Yes, you do. I've at least invented that. Cool. All right. So 
this was already brought up, but Colin, here's your opportunity. You're only down one point. What state does the show take place in? Colin. Colin, what state? <laughs> that is correct. I thought you said it was for Colin. No, I just said, I, he, could, I just said I, he could catch up because he knew the answer. Oh, I know oh, I thought you. I thought I was still being penalized from the point before. <laughs> I thought, um, it's a 15 second. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I, a 15 second like wrong. There we go. That, that you, if, if you shoot, if you shoot it out too early, or if you blur out an answer without saying your name, you get a, pen, a violation. So there you go. It's one one. Now, <laughs> this one I am looking for the most accurate. So, here we go. What does Rafi ask Santa for for Christmas? Colin. Colin. Okay. All right. I'm looking the most accurate. Go. A red rifle, carbon barrel. All right, John, your opportunity. Red rifle. Carbon barrel, two hundred round, with a compass, a thing <laughs> that tells time. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to John. I'm gonna get here's the. <laughs> so, uh, an official Red Rider carbon action two hundred shot range model air rifle. Now he does mention with the stock. Others. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and a thing that I think you mentioned is a thing that tells time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I was thinking, of like, it's like it's a watch, but then I was like, well, maybe it's like a sundial that's yeah. on the gun. So you have to like <laughs> yeah. set the gun down and you could tell time with a sundial. Um, it also reminded me back in the day that you said this awesome, I think it was like featured after Rambo, but this cool knife. It was like a big knife it had this hollowed handle and inside the handle there'd always be like matches and stuff but then you screw the handle on it and there'd be a compass it was one of those things my cousin had and to me i thought it was so gimmicky rambo but in other ways like maybe it's just a survival knife <laughs> it was like a survival knife just yeah oh it was thick though it looked like rambo's but i was also like eight so maybe Maybe it's just bigger. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> Maybe yeah. now it's just a regular. Yeah, little... <laughs> Sorry, uh, that was a little detour. Let's uh, we'll go back to the the quiz. All right, uh, this this is a deep cut. This one's a deep cut. What is the name of the department store in the film? I'll John. Give you... Okay. Is it Hisberg? I'm gonna give it to you. It is Higby's. Okay. Thank you. It, it, I mean, that's closer I, than I, 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 I think. Said, so I, I, would, I would say yeah. what I'm no, thinking, rifle. and maybe they'd said it. What I'm thinking is whenever they show it from the overhead scene and it comes in, and I, I guess that that's how I thought it would be spelled. Yep. But uh, all right. Yeah. So I believe it's three Thank to you. one for John. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. What yeah. is Ralphie's teacher's name? Oh, Colin? No, I'm not going to look at the notes. Littlefield? I think that's not bad. Actually, I don't even think I have it in here. Did you say Miss Shields? Sure, yeah, absolutely. You are correct. It was. Wow, nice. Well done. Oh, my gosh. Well played. Miss Shields. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you're a huge Brooke Shields fan, right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite Brooks Brothers uh, movie again? It's um, uh, I think it's uh, Major Revolution. Come on, man. Yeah. All right. What shape is the icon- uh, the iconic lamp that comes in the Fragile box? John. <laughs> what is it? I would say a, it's in the shape of a leg. To try to be more descript, I would say a 1920s flapper or cocktail dancer leg. Can we talk about where he won this? Where did this dad win sales? I think it's deeper than that, but we can talk about it later. Well, well, I think this is where, within the movie, maybe we should have gone into it earlier. And I'll just take the point, Andrew, by the way. (laughs) But... <laughs> but the dad, whenever he goes in, and he, he has an earlier scene where he's talking about a gift coming, a present gum. Yeah. But that's around the same. Ralphie has the scene is like, how do I want to tell my parents how I want the Red Rider to be gum? Yeah. So, Jewel, you go to the dad, and he comes. He's like, I was pulling out. Send me the D for crying out loud. Um, yeah, so he, so yeah. he's doing a crossword puzzle earlier in the movie, and the like the prize could be, you know, up to five thousand dollars or something like that. But in the end, his prize was a a leg lamp, and the the director of this movie, Bob Clark, he plays that kind of like buffoon neighbor. Um, it's like, what do you have there? And yeah. it's like, he's like, shut up, sweet, you know. Um, that, it's, an, it's an award. Yeah, that's, it's that's, an Bob, award. that's Bob Clark, the director of the movie. So kind nice. of like a fun little thing. So here you go. Question, what is the name of the director of this movie? Bob Clark. Hey, there you go. John, John. <laughs> Damn it! I want to make this interesting, so I'm gonna. I got, rules are rules. Sorry, yeah, come on. Hey, you want to be FIFA, dude? You want to be fair. FIFA? Let's go ahead. VAR that. Yeah, VAR. All right. Um, this is almost unwinnable now, but we're gonna keep going. What uh, is the color? Yeah, here we go. We're gonna have double jeopardy here in a second. <laughs> what is the color of Ralphie's bunny suit? John. I mean, Colin. I mean, I pink. Mean. Pink. All right, here we go. Um, double Jeopardy. And right now the score is seven to one. Um, Triple what, je- I mean, quadruple Jeopardy? We'll have Final Jeopardy. <laughs> we'll have Final Jeopardy. What is the family uh, intending to eat for Christmas dinner before the neighbor's dogs eat it? John. Turkey. Turkey. All right. Well, that double jeopardy now goes nine to one. Um, <laughs> it's starting to feel a lot I mean, like. Hey, can hey, I call quit? You. Or like, what, what can I do? No. Well, you could be like the Grim Reaper and, you know, just keep playing, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll gamble everything. He's like, that's the seven. Damn right. How many points do I have? For the people who didn't get the reference, that would be the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the second part of uh, the Bill and Ted Journey. Yeah, go back and listen to that episode. It's not a bad one. All right, here we go. What kind of restaurant do they end up eating at? John. John. Chinese. (laughs) Colin even said John. (laughs) I know, like, (laughs) what am I doing? 
All right. Um... <laughs> uh, what, goals and goals? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I can do right now. Um... Hey, Carl, right. did you say you watched this movie twice? <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, a lot as a kid and twice in the past month. Right. So, a little fresh. All right, here we go. Final Jeopardy. And it's double or nothing. You have to you have to wager your title entire totals. Uh, one. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, if you get it, you I double, mean... and John misses, then he's out. Okay. All right. Name the imaginary villain who headed the gang of robbers who were pestering Ralphie's family. Do 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 do. Blah, 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 blah. Doot. Do, 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 do. Don't. 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 Boom, boom. What is the name of the imaginary villain that, uh, of, of, you know, the those gang of robbers that were that was pestering his family? If you remember, he, he wanted that BB gun so he so could much. protect his family from those, those, those oh, bandits. My. What was the name? Now, Blank, blank, you get yours. Well, I feel like you're giving him hints. And I, I don't know if I'm correct. I, 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 I don't know. I know what scene I, you're talking I, about. I, I, I will put it forth. About. I will put forth a, um, bad, bad Bart. Close. Alan? Colin? It's to go for bad something, bad B. Think bad Bert. Bad Bert. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, that's the only other one, but it's the same. Uh, Bart, Bert. The correct answer is Black Bart. Mm. Okay. Black Bart. So uh, okay. great job, John. Yeah, John won. <laughs> John won. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I feel like Andrew did race his brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Come on, Andrew. This is your fault. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, here we go. Closing thoughts. Now's the opportunity to get in some of those great bits of dialogue, other things in the movie. I just wanted to get through this because we've been chatting for 90 minutes to bring it on home. We've had some good little segues, but if there's some lasting things that you think of when you think of this movie, if there's some quotes you want to, you want to talk about, obviously we talked a little bit about the narrator before, and I think John was going to get into something before we got segued on it. But if there are any other standouts you want to discuss briefly before we, uh, I mean, it really comes down to the fact that I'm running out of booze. So, um, but I, 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 leave, I, turn, I know. That, yeah, that's a sad thing. I don't have a whole lot to add. Just hope by the time people hear this, Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Uh, if you, this movie will be on during the holidays and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> In fact, this episode that we are doing will release on Christmas Eve. So I am going to post this early on Christmas Eve so people can listen to this. And then eight o'clock or in Texas time at seven o'clock Christmas story will start running on TBS. A fun fact, this movie first made its appearance on T 
TNT in 1988, maybe 1989, and that's when the uh, the run began. Fun little fact, earlier in this episode I mentioned it wasn't a huge movie, but it did take a, a life like of itself when it, it became onto VHS. And then Showtime or HBO, they ran it in like 1985, 86, and it developed a little bit of a following that the like the network got this movie for like pennies, for like pennies. And they did like a twelve, like a twelve-hour run on on TNT, like like I said, like 1988-1989. And based on the success of it, it's been played every year. Now it plays for twenty-four hours a day. Anywhere from thirty to fifty million people watch this damn movie every year. It's incredible. And it's like Shark Week. It's it's like Shark Week, you know. And really as is. John stated earlier, I'm pretty sure it was John that. You can turn this movie on. You can just leave your TV on all day. You can go grocery shopping. You can go play football outside. You can, you know, mute it. You can mute it and listen to the podcast. Yeah, because you already you already know what they're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Mute it. Listen to the podcast. Yeah, and then you get off and you turn the movie back on. And that's one of the great things about this movie. I I can't remember. It was a couple years ago where. I was asked what movie I've seen more than any other movie. And I've got like my top five list of movies that I've seen more than anything else. And this one's on that list, not because it's necessarily my favorite movie, even though I love this movie so much, but it's on 24 hours, you know, and I am pretty sure I could, I can think of years where I've watched this movie five, six times, you know, over a Christmas holiday. And I have no problems with, I, I quote the movie, I, I know what's going to happen next and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, I don't give a shit about commercials. It's actually one of those fun things about, uh, about this is it's like, all right, you know, commercial break, no big deal. Uh, it's perfect for the holidays when you're yeah. with your family and you pop the mute on it and yep. you talk for 10 minutes or five minutes. Yeah. And you check the Cowboys game and they're losing. <laughs> I guess that's, sorry, that's Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yeah. What about you, Colin? Yeah. Anything that you want to close or open up another discussion on? No, look, it's it's about family, guys. Um, you know, and, and Christmas story is is about that, and keep it in your lives, and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and love yourself. Uh, that, that's great. Now, are you guys doing anything anything special for Christmas this year? Uh, uh, I uh, go ahead, Colin. Please. I was just gonna say we're yeah. So we're driving to El Paso. So it's the first time I'm meeting uh, my girlfriend's like extended family and everything. Oh shit! Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Man, yeah. pretty cool. What's the big you? present that you're getting her this year? Ooh. I can't tell you. I'll have to tell you later. How okay. many pairs? How many pairs of underwear do you pack on a trip like that? Oh, dude. <laughs> like twice as many the, as the days I mean, you're there. Like if you I mean, go for, and, and then you buy it there too. I mean, it's just so much underwear, man. Okay, if you say so. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> and then what if you get like a it for a present? What do you mean? Well, I guess uh, weird for the in-laws to be giving you underwear as a present. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I get boxes for presents. 
you know, from my mom. Thank you, mom. Like, yeah, here's sauce. the thing. Uh, when your mom asks you, like, what do you want for Christmas? I have no idea what no. to say anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. You know. uh, boxers and socks. Uh, and, and nothing. Because yeah, they're perishable. They only go away. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's we don't need to go down that road. That we'll, we don't need to go down. That next. Hey, well, I what road do you want to go down, Andrew? That's well, the road I want to hear about. What? Well, what, what's great is you brought up something really interesting, and I'd be remiss if we wouldn't have brought this up. But in this movie, you've got Aunt Clara, right? And Aunt Aunt Clara is convinced that Ralphie is a like a toddler girl. Right. And so every year she buys she she makes him a really shitty gift. And in this movie, she makes him that that pink bunny suit. And it it makes me wonder, like, do you not that if you've got a equivalent Aunt Clara in your family, but do you have anybody in your family that is notorious for really, really shitty gifts? Besides myself, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, um, I have a few. I have a story or two. Um, my grandmother's nice as she was. I my middle name is Damon, D A M O M. For like the first like five six years, every birthday, I it was Damon. It was spelled D A Y M O N. So, and me being dyslexic, I couldn't even read my name of the own, my own presence. Like I was walking around, I couldn't even find presence for myself because it was misspelled. Aww. Yeah, yeah, it was a tough one. I was mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's sad. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> what about you, Colin? Um, I getting Mega Blocks instead of Legos from mm. a uh, yeah. So I know it's it's such a but you're a kid. You don't know. You don't know what's right from wrong. And you're like, I mean, but you you kind of say to your mom, to your aunt, but you're reminded like to the rest of your life that you said it. It's like, why did she give me Mega Blocks? Like I, <laughs> I was an ungrateful little shit. You know. I'm, like I don't. <laughs> that's just that's just how I. Uh, it, it's it. It was bad. It was <laughs> oh my gosh. That's good. Um, <laughs> I'm. I can't think of anybody in particular, but one. Like it's not even my family, but Catherine. One of the funny things about her family is she's got a cousin, and I really don't want to say anything in the highly unlikely scenario that her cousin listens to this, but apparently she's a notorious non-gifter in that she'll say she'll send something out and it never gets sent. So, like, if they do, like, a Secret Santa, if you've got this one this one cousin, well... You're ass out of luck because you're not going to get a oh, gift. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what I will say about this cousin is she's super awesome. But I, I think it's a slight, like, inside joke that she uh, 
<laughs> she just doesn't ever like ship anything out. Uh, so maybe getting to the post office isn't like one of her strengths, but is one of the things I, I, I knew about this cousin before I even met this cousin. And again, I go back to, she's one of my favorite people in my wife's family, but <laughs> apparently she's just a notorious non-gifter. And that I think is hysterical. The time has come, my dear friends, to, I think, pack this episode in. I do want to thank our guests, Colin and John. Unfortunately, it uh, looks like Colin's battery died on us uh, just now, but I still have John. So John will say goodbye to both Colin and himself. So, John, let's uh, let's round this up and bring it on home and do a nice little uh, close for, for Colin as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, That's from me and Colin. And we'll see you in 2021 when everything is going to be getting better. I love it. Everything will get better. And John, thank you for uh, for joining uh, Colin and myself this evening. It was a really, really fun time. Hopefully uh, this has been a, a fun adventure for you as well. But to our listeners, hopefully you've enjoyed this rant between three really great friends and happy holidays. Hey, hey Andrew. Yeah. Now that Colin's gone, what was the final of including the point I got? I really feel like the only point Colin got was the point when I was like holding off because I wasn't yeah, sure. Really? It, 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 it was like 11 was to it, nothing. Was it, was it a sweet yeah, it was okay. Sweet. Yeah, you, hey, Colin, you, Colin, if you listen to this all the way at the end, you can have your rematch. Okay, you pick the movie, <laughs> you pick the time 2021. I'll see you at the flagpole. <laughs> and that is a good conclusion, everybody. Thank you very much. We will, we will see you later. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy new year, all that fun stuff. I love you. Be safe out there, and we'll see you next time on another episode of Stamper Cinema. Bye, everybody.